Hello and welcome to this Arsenal Bite Size podcast special breaking news. We've just seen Fabrizio Romano tweet out that Gabriel Jesus has undergone his successful knee surgery on his knee um, and the rehabilitation program has begun as per the official comps from Arsenal. So hot off the press, um, been a lot of speculation about how long Jesus could be out for. And I guess today we're here for a quick snap 30 minute episode to just look at Arsenal's options going into the next few months without Gabriel Jesus as he recovers and any impact that might have on our FPL teams and decisions as well. So I'm, of course, FPL Nima and I'm joined by Clayton. It's good to be here again for another Arsenal episode during the World Cup, which I'm sure there'll be no doubt some comments on at some point as well with the Spain Morocco game still ongoing if you want to timestamp this and you're listening back on podcast. So, yeah, how are you, Clayton, despite obviously the horrible news about our star striker? Yeah, not great. I feel like I'm in the same. I've got the same injury as Jesus. I've just not had my surgery. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna slide in his DM, see if we can do our rehab together. But yeah, obviously, it's gutting news, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, it feel like it was a mixed bag over the last few days. Where like you heard about the knee injury, you then heard, "Ah, oh, it's not going to be long. It'll be a month. He'll be back for potentially Newcastle." And then there was the three months talk, and now, like you said, it's been confirmed. He's had his surgery, and the rehab starts now. So, not great news, obviously. But obviously, the purpose of this pod is to kind of discuss the severity of it, what we think the impact will be, and then potential solutions. Right? I think a lot of people are. We've seen people saying, "Oh, we need to go buy a striker." We've seen people saying, "Ketia will be the man." So, I think it would just be good to kind of give our opinions on that and see what the people listening think as well. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what the live viewers think as well. Um, so shout out what, to Mike Halpin. I'll just give yeah, a quick, quick couple of shout outs. So good to see you, Mike. And also Blue Daniel Guy, uh, Joe, good to see you as well. So it's nice to have a few of you in live on this yeah, quick, cheers, spontaneous episode. And for what it's worth, obviously, you and I haven't even discussed, like we spoke about the news, but we've not discussed like our preferred solutions or anything as well. So it'd be good to see what that's like. Yeah, I think that's the best part <coughs> for me as well, is just this idea that we've not really had any plans so we might both have completely different views about what the right solution is and i know that on the next uh, part of the screen which i'll go to now there's a few different options or solutions written down so i think maybe we work through these systematically and give both our opinions on them um if you want to yeah. maybe start with the first one yeah sure so um yeah for those on the audio we've got four different options here um and there may be more that we've just not considered but these feel like the obvious ones in no particular order number one is um stick with the plan and i think to us the plan was always to kind of get a winger or a wide forward and with option one sticking with the plan signing a winger wide forward it's obviously faith in Nketiah. it's potentially freeing up martinelli to cover there as and when potentially smith rowe falls nine that's option one which we'll discuss. Option two is to go and buy a striker, which will weigh up. Option three is to get someone in on loan. Seen rumours of that we tried for Jao Felix. Um, you never know if that's on the cards again. And then option four is recall Flo Balogun, who's doing so well in League One. Um, so yeah, they're the four options we've kind of stuck on the slides at the minute. And if there's any glaringly really obvious ones, obviously let us know. But yeah, should we go through one by one, see what we think? Yeah, I think let's start with the first one because that's the one I would have gone with, I think, if it was just like the two games in December Jesus missed and it was just kind of four to six weeks out. But this might drastically change our plans with the window opening in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think I 
we'll go through each one in a second. But what I think will happen is one of two things. I think we're either going to just oh, one of three things. Sorry, I don't think we're going to recall Balogun. I think we're either going to get someone in on loan. I think if we buy someone, it's not going to be a little stopgap. I think if we get someone, it will be someone that is like a transformational centre forward. And then the thing is, you have to think, Jesus isn't dead, right? He's going to come back. We still have to utilise him. We then have Enketia, Jesus and a top class centre forward. I think the plan, if we go and get someone of that top class level, is clearly the title challenge. One eye on that. But Jesus, when he comes back, kind of using him as a rotational option across the front three personally um and then the other one i think is yeah kind of sticking with the plan i think they won't go and buy a center forward they'll buy a winger wide forward um that can play across potentially yeah both flanks and then free up someone to cover and ketia but my preferred solution i think it's in ketia you know I've, i think I'm not saying he's the answer. I think we obviously lose so much with Jesus. But I think the one thing I've said all season with him is obviously he hasn't really impressed everyone. But it's so hard to demonstrate that in cameos and coming in to like a second string 11 in the Europa League and stuff. And we saw what he did last season, that the back end of last season, I think it was five goals and eight starts. And obviously we lose an element of... Yeah, Jesus has been transformational in the way he's just raised the attack and the things he does to open up space for Saka Martinelli. But what makes us so good as a team is our system. And we're going to do another episode in the future about like our tactics and the positional play. We were doing fantastic with Enketia there last year. And I'd say in a worse team, like he can slot in and do a job. Obviously, we lose so much that Jesus brings in terms of pressing from the front, his ability on the ball in tight spaces. But what I think will happen is I think we'll sign a wide forward or a winger that can play on both flanks. And I think Nketiah will be... like He's, he's been given a bumper contract, the number 14 shirt, and it's it's almost not about what we want. It's what we think we'll do. And I think Arteta has clearly got faith in him. And I think he's developed so much more to his game than people kind of give him credit for. I think, yeah, that that's my personal opinion. And obviously, I would love for us to go and get a top, top, top level centre forward who can come in kind of... I, I put us at a title challenge at like 20 25%. I don't think it's the 0% everyone thinks, but obviously this naturally reduces that likelihood, right? I'd say that brings it down to like a 5%. If you go and get that top class centre forward, I think it, keep, it keeps you at that playing field. Um, but then... You have to think, what do we do with Jesus? We're not a city where we can go flunk 100 million on someone and then have these huge players kind of sitting in the wings. I think that's where that needs to be weighed up. But that's what I think will happen. I think we'll get a winger and Ketia will be given the chance to shine. And Martinelli will cover the odd game there. Smithrow will get the odd couple of minutes there. That's that's it. What about you? Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna rule out number two straight out the bat because I interesting. Think okay, striker. Yeah, you I just don't think all. we will. No, I think we already needed more uh, ammunition in our front line. Um, we needed another serious player to play on the wide forward positions. Um, I, I think that plan doesn't change. I think that stays the same. I think why would we keep Eddie and put him on a hundred k a week? if not to play as the backup striker in a situation like this. Um, I appreciate the 
he's not done too much to impress this season, but at the tail end of last season when he played with the core first 11, he, he did great after a run of games. I remember he had the interview where he said, you know, people are judging me yeah. on cameos off the bench, like 10, 15 minutes trying to win a game in the last five minutes, um, starting with the B team, as you say, in the Europa this season. Um, it's just not the same. I think we've discussed it on previous pods. Um, I think having him slot into the existing strong team, that's going to have an impact. Um, and I'd like to think that he can score a couple goals now in the preseason matches. What we're forgetting, he's out there in the warm weather training camp right now in Dubai. He's going to play two to three friendlies before the league kicks off again. He's like, they already know that he's going to start on Boxing Day against West Ham. So, yeah. it's, it's, you know, like it could be worse, right? Like we could be halfway through the season and we could have played today and we could have found out about Hazy's injury today. And then we'd have to change our entire system, game plan, prep everyone for Eddie instead of Jesus in that lineup with a few days' notice. We've now got the luxury of there's 20 days till that Premier League fixture kicks off. Eddie's, you know, barely played all season, as we said. He's as fit as can be. Like, you know, look at the forwards and strikers of all the other teams. They're going quite far in the tournament. Apart from Haaland sitting at home resting this whole time and recharging his battery, everyone else... They're also out there in the tournaments playing, right? Like they're getting yeah. heartbreak or they're going far. You've got the likes of for Spurs, you know, Kane and Richarlison have gone far. You've got um, on our own side, we've got Sakura and Martinelli. And I think that's something we should discuss here because this is why number one is the main thing for me because we already needed another winger and we're probably not going to see Sakura and Martinelli start either in the first few games. So yeah. what's that front line going to be? Like if we don't get the, you know, the wide forward, we could That's be going really for a number point. of weeks with no one. Like it could be literally like Eddie Vieira and Marquinhos up top against West Ham. Like that does not sound good to me. Um, yeah, that's a really. Yeah, that's worrying. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, yeah, that's really worrying. Yeah. Like I think getting a winger was always part of the plan. Like what you and I said in the summer, we needed another one, right? So like, I think this doesn't change anything. And I, I, I would be surprised if we went and got an out and out number nine. I think. The way we're building a squad and the positional play, like we're all about, we talk about all the time, forgetting positions and the zones on the pitch. And I think for that, you've seen with the transfer strategy, right? It's all about versatility. And like, can you get someone that can cover two or three different areas? And I think Jesus and Enketia are completely different centre forwards, but they Enketia has got strengths that work in an Arsenal system. We saw that last season. Like, I'd, I think people have short memories sometimes, and I've seen a lot of people shitting on him, and I understand it. Like, we've not seen that level of consistency in him this year. But I, I think him... partly it depends on what you're aiming for, right? So if you're aiming for a title challenge, like, yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, if Spurs lost Harry Kane or Liverpool lost Mo Salah, you know, in the seasons that they won the Premier League, for example... If they lost them for three months, they weren't going to win the Prem. So I think if you thought that we're going to win the Prem, then you're going to say Eddie is not going to take us to well, 90 points. I'll take it. I don't disagree. But, 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 but what I mean is Eddie alone, like he can get us to 70 point marker. Like I, I believe top four is fine. Like I don't like I don't see what's happened with Jesus now as like a massive dent in our top four hopes or even top no. three. I just think that, it's you know, if you suddenly, exactly. If you now lose um, a few games, that's it, title challenge done. If you lose two, three games in a row, that's it. That We ain't coming back from that. Yeah, And I think that's so, just a fact. So I think that's, it depends what you thought we were going to do. So I think for someone like you or me, where 
we did think maybe a 90 plus point season is possible the way we were going on the current run rate this is alarming news and like i i, I still believe end of the day right if they play Eddie and it does not work for for a while, Edu and Arteta will also be questioned. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, you yeah. made this decision to keep him, not let him go, and not buy a different striker. So they clearly saw something in him and backed him, right, to be the we backup. Saw it. It's like, like, this we is the we backup. all saw it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That, for me, at the end of the last season was not a purple patch. He has developed so much more to his game. And I used to look at him as just like a fox in the box, bit of a, a poacher. Like, he, he was running the channels towards the back end of the last season. He was pressing from the front. We forget this. His combination play was improving. And I think I agree with what you're saying in terms of the title challenge. But what I'd say to that is... How we have been winning points has been as a team. It's not been individual brilliance per se that's got us over the line and to where we are. And I think that's where 80% of our points accumulation is because of the system, the structure that works, right? And I think that provides a framework and a platform for the players on the pitch to absolutely thrive. And I think that's where 20% comes from individual brilliance. And it's like those tight games where you need a moment of magic. That's what Jesus and his, has in his locker that Nketiah probably doesn't. But to your point earlier, and like that's the difference between the title challenge and the top four, West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle, Man United, Tottenham, they were all going to be tough games anyway. I don't think that's suddenly becomes impossible to accumulate similar points that we were expecting before anyway. I, I genuinely it might just have to be done in a different way. So I think yeah, one thing exactly. I will say is last season, we didn't get the ball up the pitch much. We struggled to create. And we just said that we both used to believe that Eddie's main strength was that kind of fox in the box, you know, six-yard goals. Um, I think, and I believe you think the same, that he has developed a more well-rounded game. His hold-up play is pretty good. He can press. I think his link-up with Saka is brilliant, actually. And with that in mind, surely it's a good thing that this season we've been so much higher up the pitch, right? Like we've been talking about, we've been playing with the highest defensive line in the league. That should mean that the ball should fall to, you know, Eddie in positions that he's more likely to score. So I think there is one thing to be said. So Jesus probably gained us some of those yards on the pitch. So maybe our defensive line will be a bit further back because we won't have Jesus pressing uh, we won't have Jesus pressing. And like, Eddie will press. press. Yeah. But no, he is good, but I just don't think he will do it the same, like the 100% level of uh, Jesus. So it might be a little know. bit further back. I think, But overall, we're going to yeah. be further up the pitch is what I'm saying. So even if Eddie can only do, let's say, 50% of what Jesus is doing, as a structure and system, we're going to play further forward regardless. So it's yeah. like, even if we lose a little bit of a few yards of how far up we are, overall, I believe we should be higher up anyway. Yeah. And that's going to play into Eddie's... Now, you know, what I don't understand, right, and this is maybe just more of a Twitter thing, but, you know, I've just spent months dealing with grief and flack from people about, you know, Gabriel Jesus only has five goals yeah. and he's shit for Arsenal. As soon as he's injured, then I'm saying you're going to finish an eight from below United. Yeah, so, I know. You know, you can't have it both ways. So, like, either you don't believe that he scores enough goals and contributes nothing to Arsenal, which is what they were implying for a while, or you believe that, the space he makes for our wingers, the space he creates for the rest of the team, everything else he does is absolutely pivotal to the way we play today. Now, I think Eddie can do a lot of those things, but he might not be able to do some of the finesse that you were talking about, like the the kind of 
winning the game by himself. Like you might have like to a do Leicester that. goal where like you just you shift your foot and dink it over the keeper, stuff like that, of course. But Enketia brought that chaos factor that we had missed for so long at Arsenal. You remember like was it Leeds last year, the home game? He scored by pressing the keeper, forcing a mistake. Mm -hmm. The Chelsea away game. Like different players have different strengths. And I think and Ke like, he, he will do better than people think, in my opinion. Obviously, he's no Jesus, but he has got his own strengths and his own merit, in my opinion. I think psychology um, plays a big part as well. And what I think we're all underestimating that in his head, if he's not excited at the prospect of leading the front line for an Arsenal that's top of the Premier League, while he has basically a mini preseason to prep and have the rest of the squad around him play to his strengths, then like... I don't think he would have signed that extension. He said he wanted to play more games, right? This is his chance. Like, obviously, he's not happy that Aegis is injured. There's a camaraderie in the squad. But this is as good a chance as it gets for him to make his name well-known beyond just the yeah. Arsenal circles. So I think right. he's going to be coming in very ready and raring to go. And I think people are quick to dismiss him. Um, but just before we carry on, I just want to add to this point. So I think it yeah. is number one mainly. I don't think yeah. we'll buy a striker. I do think we might loan another forward player, whether that's a striker, so. a false nine, someone who can play false just nine a, and a, a winger. a competent body in, right? Yeah, because we, we needed more anyway. And if we're saying Saka and Martinelli may, may not even be back in time to start the Premier League restart because of how far Brazil and England may go, then the reality is we're going to need both Eddie to start and a winger that we buy, like well, a Modric right now, it would be Marquine. Yeah, right now it would be Marquinhos and Ketia Nelson, right? Like, yeah, we, yeah, we, <clears throat> we need more than that. So, and I'm just gonna kill off number four as an option completely. Yeah. So, I think I've seen a lot of people talk about you know just like sell Eddie, recall Balogun. I, I people are playing for career mode, isn't it? Like, it's yeah, ridiculous. it's actually wild. So, I think Balogun has played one. Is it one Premier League game for us at the start of last season yeah, against, against Brentford? Brentford. Yeah. Like, you've got a guy who was told by Arteta you should go and play a whole season every week in a men's dressing room and learn about, like, grow up and become a man. He's then said he's glad he did so far because it, it's really changed the way he sees football and he's growing as a person and as a player. And what are we going to do? What, take him away from his developmental season away? to bring him back when he's had one Premier League start for Arsenal in his career and get him to lead the line, not the guy on 100k a week who's the number 14. Back. So I just think I'm going to completely dismiss number four yeah, because I think too. the people pushing for that, they're underestimating the damage it will do to Balogun's career development long term. Um, and as you say, very, Jesus yeah, will be back eventually. So yeah. like what's going to happen then? Then it's going to be Jesus, Eddie and Balogun just never playing again. When he yeah, could have mate, carried I, on playing. I have faith in Enketia. My preference is number one. Like, I wouldn't be mad if we went and got an out and out number nine because I think you can never have enough good options, but I don't think we will. I have faith in Enketia. I think he'll do better than people are giving him credit and hope for. And he will be in my FPL team. Like, I've not really looked at other options, but I think he'll do well. I think I'm pretty keen we, to start with him too. Yeah. Yeah. We are a very good team. Like, keyword there, we're a very good team. Like someone like Party, Jesus, God forbid, if he's ever injured, because that is where the system, the is spine on him. starts to get really yeah, problematic like, with him out. Yeah, people won't like me saying this. Jesus is not our system. He's got so many qualities that elevate the attack and elevates the defense in a weird way because of everything you've said. But he is not the system. Someone like Party is the system. 
yeah, our party, number nine. Saliba, these guys that would destroy even, our team. Even Saliba, he's not the full system. Like I think there are hmm. areas of the pitch that can be replicated, not replicated. They can be replaced in different ways. I think the number six in our system, we've seen, we cannot replace it. The number nine can be tweaked. You can have different attributes there that achieve a similar goal. I'm confident in that. And yeah, I think that's I think there's one happen. other thing to say. I think if, because there will be cup games as well, there'll be FA Cup in February, Europa will start. So Good that's show. why I'm saying we need to buy the permanent winger and loan another attacker because we're going to need these bodies regardless as if we go deep in everything. Yeah. Um, that's a great show. I completely forgot that. Yeah, because yeah, that's going to play a big part. Right? There's the Carabao Cup. That's actually the week before the Premier League season starts. Thank God we're out of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Then... <laughs> that would have been like a whole week earlier than the Premier League and having to like know, get yeah. a team out for that. Um, FA Cup, I'd like to think we don't get knocked out first round again. So fingers crossed against um, the, the opponents there. Um, in terms of um, the other thing I was going to say, I think if the Eddie at centre forward doesn't quite work out the way we're wanting, I think Arteta will be quick to fine tune it. I think yeah. once Martinelli's back up to speed, he's talked of playing centre forward himself before. I think there will be games where we might start him as a centre forward just against certain opponents if we want to go for a different tactical play. Smith Rowe being back is massive as well, actually. So Huge. actually, when I was talking about yeah. the front line on that first day, if we didn't buy anyone, it could actually be like. Um, Smith Rowe on the left wing, Eddie up top, and one of Nelson or Marquinhos on the right. Um, so I think Smith Rowe being back is huge. I think Smith Rowe and Odegaard can both play a false nine. You know, we've been watching Spain in this World Cup tournament. They've not played with an out of out striker all tournament, pretty much. Like, I know they have Alvaro Morata. He's not been starting the games. He's been generally coming on as a sub. Yeah. And, you know, they put seven goals past the team the other day, Costa Rica. So. And they don't even play well forward. A, a lot of the modern teams, you know, Pep's own team that won the league for many years, he didn't play with a traditional centre forward for a long time. There were times when De Bruyne was the false nine, Foden was the false nine, Grealish was the false nine last season. You know, Jesus was on the wing as we knew. So I, I'm not too kind of worried. I think I, I trust in Arteta's tactical abilities Me to fine tune quickly if hey, uh, you know, if the uh, Eddie up top move doesn't work out the way he's hoping yeah. but i also back in eddie's psychology to want to go and prove himself to all the doubters with the time he has to prep now and he has yeah. weeks of notice rather than finding out five days before yeah i think one more thing for me to add on the kind of going for a winger i said this before i look at <clears throat> the attack as a group and there's three positions and I always like the idea of us having five good quality options. And it's like, it's been Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, and obviously Smithrow has been injured. It's been like Nelson Marquinhos, right? Like, uh, uh, sorry, Anketia as well. I've obviously missed him. But the idea that we can have five quality options that can cover the three, because Jesus is our striker, but my God, him and Je Martinelli rotate so often. They're not fixated in position. They interchange very well. Yeah. I think that's kind of what worries me about the West Ham game is, it's not just Jesus that's going to be out. Martinelli, who's been playing so well with him up there, is also probably going to go far with Brazil. And I don't see him coming back yeah, a week later for the like, final. No, and it's how I spoke about the midfield, like where I wanted a Tielemans. It wasn't to 
replace well at the time it was to replace Xhaka and I was wrong on that but it was more to kind of add to Xhaka and kind of as a group looking at party Odegaard Tielemann Xhaka like giving yourself different qualities and attributes to control different game states and that's what I want in the attack as well I want five attackers across three position three positions that complement each other nicely and I think Enketia has got attributes that complement that attacking group very very well I, I genuinely believe that and I hope he grabs it with two hands and um i hope he proves a lot of people wrong um but yeah i think if he can get off to a fast start and get like a brace against west ham he'll already have two out of the five goals jesus does right in one game so you know he he can catch up that goal tally by the time jesus is back (laughs) if he plays his cards right yeah let's see but yeah i I think obviously it's it's a big loss and i'm not i'm I'm conscious i probably sound like oh it's fine and ketchup's gonna go lead us to 14th title like i'm not saying that i just think not everything is as doom and gloom and not everything is as like a and b black and white i think that systems are flexible systems are a framework to give a platform to people to go and impose their thing and it, you don't have to have like for like replacements all over the pitch the only place i think you do in our system is the number six personally 100 percent. and i think on that note we're probably still also going to go for a midfielder um if the plan changes I could see us not getting the midfielder and getting a forward permanently, but I just think we're going to get the midfielder and not the forward and maybe loan someone like we did with Odegaard when he first joined. Um, There are lots of good opportunities out there for a loan to get us over the line. Um, Just addressing some of the comments as well in the live chat before we go to the FPL implications. So obviously Mike Halpin had said it was devastating news about Jesus. He, He wasn't sure if we can trust Eddie for such a long period of time. He also agreed on the idea of sticking with the plan, buying a wide forward, maybe loaning a striker. Uh, Blue Danube joked about getting Mudrick. And then Mike was saying no one can replicate what Jesus does. So the team will have to tweak to Eddie's strengths, which is exactly, a little bit of yeah. what we've been discussing. Tough fixtures for Arsenal after the World Cup break have to bring in quality players. I think if we want to maintain any kind of title challenge, we do have to bring in quality players. Yeah. And I think the main final point from Mike was around just the bright side that at least Eddie has this Dubai break to get in the groove, knowing he's going to start on that first day back. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the key talking points. Um, so I guess FPL, you mentioned you you may start the restart with Enketia. He's obviously a 6.5 million forward, 0.4% owned at this point in time for any podcast listeners who can't see the screenshot. We've talked about West Ham at home on Boxing Day. We've got Brighton away on New Year's Eve. 3rd of Jan, we have Newcastle home. And then it starts to get even more difficult. We have Tottenham away on the 15th of Jan after the FA Cup break. We have United at home on the 22nd. And then we have Everton away on the It's a um, tough run. Of Feb. For me, That the end of that run will tell us everything about what Arsenal will potentially achieve or what's realistic this season. Um, but yeah, I've, I've not really done... I think why it was good to bring up FPL is like I saw a lot of talk on Arsenal Twitter about is Enketia the man to fill Jesus's boots, and I saw a lot of chat on FPL Twitter about is Enketia an FPL option. So I thought it was quite nice to kind of tick off two segments, and then obviously we'll whack it in the timestamp. So we can only have three Arsenal players, right? And I still think there's enough value in our defence that I want Ben White or someone in that defensive line. I don't think I'd go for the goalkeeper. I'm no. pretty sure it would be Ben White or Saliba or Gabriel, one of those guys. <clears throat> um, that then leaves two positions. For most of us, Martinelli has been a perma-lock in our team. The question is, are we willing to start with him so can I knowing that he might not play? £6.5 million pounds for the Arsenal number nine. Like, 
Jesus stylistically hasn't been the goal scorer for us. And Ketia is a goal scorer. Like, for me, if he gets the shirt, which I think he will, this makes his FPL prospects rocket. Like, for me, he becomes one of the biggest bargains. And I get the fixtures. I understand the fixtures there are difficult. But, you know, people talk about optimal optimal approach and stuff, right? Is it optimal to have Arsenal attackers, like, be doubled up, tripled up for prolonged periods of time with tough fixtures? Probably not. But people were saying that when we were playing Tottenham, Liverpool, we put three goals past both of them. Like, I think Arsenal are becoming a fixture-proof team. I genuinely think people are quite slow in changing their beliefs and narratives. We are a 2XG team, almost. We produce chances for fun. We create so much. And I know Jesus is imperative to that. I'm, I'm not downplaying that, but we're not going to become a bad team overall. Like, you know, I spoke about the 80% being the system and all of that, mm. 20% individual brilliance. Our system is elite. It is so good. And there will be chances for Nketi. And I think for me, he is someone that he is more of an out-and-out number nine goal scorer than Jesus. I think Jesus has contributed so much all over the attacking final thirds, whereas Nketi will be a bit more, I think, yeah, just kind of tasked with scoring the goals. And I think it kind of worsens the prospect of like Saka, for example, in terms of his That's what I was going to ask. But... Yeah, because from my point of view... I think he'll be much more selfish than Jesus and he will go for goal himself. And times where Jesus may have given an assist to one of Martinelli or Saka, I have a feeling Eddie might just have like a bull when they see the red uh, flag that the Matador is waving. I think he might just zone in on the goal. Um, so on that note, that's kind of what you want from an FPR asset, someone quite selfish in terms of goal scoring. Um, at that price, playing for the team that's currently top of the league, I can't see myself not starting with him. I guess my worry then is if I've got, let's say, Ben White and Eddie Nketiah, that is one Arsenal slot. And I think it still has to be Martinelli, yeah, over Saka for me. Um, I think at this point, what I'm saying is I would rather buy Eddie for 6.5 than Saka for 8 in midfield. Yeah. Um, The the problem with Martinelli is... Yeah, of course. But But I think the, the wider problem for me is that I think it's just kind of wait and see as well. Because I think whatever you go with, you need to watch a few games and see what impact Eddie playing has. Is it that now actually Martinelli or Saka is actually a really good option because maybe we're wrong and maybe he brings out the best in them? Is it that he completely dries up their opportunities to score and really you want to have Eddie as the main man there? So I think we need to watch the first few games, the West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle game. That's like three games in almost just over a week. That's three matches in quick succession, right? So I think in that period, they're tough games. But if he's starting to look good in the first few games, my God, will the casuals be buying him in their masses? But, he scores one goal in that West Ham game. Yeah, exactly. You'll have 500,000 transfers in into the next game and week. They're, they're tough games, but I stand by. This Arsenal team is capable of scoring against anyone. Like, genuinely, I, yeah, I, I really believe that. And there's something you said previously, right, where I think it was against Chelsea and you were talking about Jesus, like all of the work he does. And he went on some mad dribble. And you were talking, I can't remember what you said. It was something about like, does he have like slight mental fatigue by the time? Yeah, he because like that one percent. Yeah, that one percent of Je- because he spends so much time doing everything else. Yeah. And Ketia will get involved in link play and he'll run the channel. He will not be dropping so deep that Jesus does. He will be playing like five, six yards higher up than Jesus does on an average position. He will be there to kind of press from the front, combine with the wide forwards. He will not be dropping deep to pick up the ball and drive forward like Jesus does. And he, yeah, just naturally being like, it's, it's quite lazy, but it's, it's true. 
by being that higher up as your starting average position, he will be closer to goal. He will be in and around the box and he will, yeah, I think just be tasked with bloody scoring. <laughs> and I think it changes the roles of the likes of Saka and Martinelli around him personally. I, th- I think I can see a world in which if the money doesn't matter and you can sell Martinelli and still buy him back for a bit more expensive of a price than what you will sell him for. Because I think if you got him at the start when he was like 6 million, you can maybe sell him for 6.4, 6.5 now, but you yeah. have to buy him back for like 6.8, 6.9. If you are willing to soak up that 0.3, 0.4, because you see value in having someone for two game weeks that you think will score a lot and then buy him when you know he's fully back into the starting lineup, I think that is an option there. I think most people won't take that just because of how great he's been. Um, but that is an option that can exist for some people. Um, I think the alternative is what Blue Daniel Joe has said, which is quite interesting, which is just to have two players. And that would be, yeah. you know, like maybe Martinelli and the defender. And you kind of wait and see what Eddie's impact is to the rest of our assets. And is the impact that Eddie's the guy to go for or is the impact that there's someone else you want to go for? Because let's say Smith-Rowe starts and he starts off hot. You might want to get to Smith Rowe. And if you've got Eddie yeah. up top, that's two moves because now you're going to have to downgrade Eddie. You don't want to sell Martinelli, maybe. So you're going to have to then upgrade someone to get to Smith Rowe. So I think there is also the opportunity that maybe with just the likes of Sacra and Martinelli going far, um, Jesus out. You know, let's see where Xhaka goes because if Xhaka gets through tonight to the quarterfinals as well, he's going to potentially not be back straight away either. So if a lot of the team look like they're not going to be there for yeah the first of week. course that maybe you go things. with two of them yeah and you kind of yeah. you wait to see what the impact is of when they start to put yeah. the jigsaw back together again i think it's more yeah d- definitely i think it's more like the simplistic point is if you think and i i think in ketia will get the show obviously if we sign someone we'll know about that mid-jan like after the tough fixtures and stuff but i think in will have the shirt to start and I think Arsenal, if most people are fit, are a fantastic team and we will score goals against most teams. And I want a slice of that attack because... So you're yeah. trying to get in early. Yeah. So so I think that's the thing. If you want to take the game... Well, I've not looked at other fixtures and stuff to know who's got the best. Yeah, because I guess the yeah. question would be, who would he be replacing? And for most people, obviously, they'll keep like Haaland. Mitrovic. So it would probably be Mitrovic. Um, you could see teams with Haaland, Mitrovic and Eddie. But then, obviously, in those scenarios, Eddie would be replacing maybe Callum Wilson, or I'm trying to think yeah. who else he could be replacing. <clears throat> like um, a Tony, or if he's Tony Solanke, these guys, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's definitely an opportunity, and I may do a draft team with him in it, and just see what it looks like. Because the other option is a lot of people will want Harland, Kane, and Mitrovic, and yeah. in those scenarios, then Eddie is a direct replacement for Mitrovic, and that's where it becomes more complicated again if you know England go far like Kane is not going to start the first few games he's going to be knackered, so. 6.5 million for a striker starting in the team top of the league who are a very good attack like sometimes I think simple is easy so in terms of questions though there was one question I had from earlier which I'll quickly read out it was ma- it was mainly about like when did we think Jesus would be back obviously at the time what is the diagnosis of the rehab yeah, so that's the thing. So at the moment, the latest I've seen is that Arsenal are not putting any time frame on his possible return yet. They say it's too early to speculate. So that's Arsenal's official position. Um, there is a guy on Twitter. He's a great Arsenal account. He's also a doctor. He's called at Free CB Performance. Uh, it's Dr. Rajpal Bra. Oh, he's and, great. I know who that is. Yeah. yeah, so he's great. And he tweets a lot about Arsenal and injuries in general. 
And he says that typically is 10 to 12 week return timeline coming off of MCL, medial collateral ligament surgery. That's good what news. I've done. Is... <laughs> that yes, that's, that's the same that kind of time yeah. frame. Exactly. Yeah. So he says good news is the ligament heals quite well due to robust blood supply timeline to be determined depending on surgery and response to physio. So we know he's had the successful surgery. Now we know the physio and rehab is beginning. I think what's really crazy is Xhaka had the same surgery, I believe. And he was back in 60 to 70 days. Now I think Xhaka's just built a different machine, when it comes right, to, yeah, yeah, when it comes to recovering from injuries and surgeries, I He's think so Xhaka's robust. something else. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if Jesus can like do that, but I guess what everyone's getting at is like, three months is like it's almost like a it could be up to three months it's, yeah. it's like no one knows yet and all of it will be determined mainly by how he responds to physio in the next few weeks if yeah. he's responding well in the next few weeks and everything's healing properly after the surgery then i think we might at a push it is maybe a bit of a push but maybe we can have our fingers crossed he'll be back by mid-feb for that match against man city that's how, how long is that from now that's Four weeks to the 6th of Jan, another four weeks to the 6th of Feb, add another 10 days to there to the mid-Feb. That's eight weeks plus 10 days. It's about nine to 10 weeks. That That's yeah. like the optimistic scenario. I think, I think that's the most optimistic scenario that he somehow is ready to even come off the bench and see. The worst case scenario is that he won't be back till March or mid-March or even later. And that is a scary fucking prospect. Yeah, I think a lot of what happens in the transfer window will probably be dictated by his initial response to this surgery in the next four or five weeks and sort of forecasting his return then. Because, yeah, there, there is a... However, whether people think it's a huge chance or not, like, there is a title chance there, right? And I think that probably... His response to the surgery dictate what Arsenal do um, in the transfer market. But, yeah. Just, um, just, just to put... Just to timestamp this as we wrap up and say bye... I'm just looking in the background at Morocco's penalties against Spain and uh, Morocco have knocked oh, Spain shit, out of the World the... Cup. Yeah, Morocco. No way. Spain out of the World Cup. Yep. I see Hakim oh, Ziyech. I see Hakimi. I see them going absolutely mental with the subs, the bench, the fans. Um, Spain are out. That's it. They're out. Shit. Fucking hell. What a great! Well, I, I on was that thinking, note, I was thinking, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking, like, there's not been any last sixteen upsets. I was quite frustrated by that, but um, I'm not sure that really helps Arsenal though, because there, are there any fucking Spanish internationals that can come back early for training? Wait, oh, I'll man. give you five minutes until we're linked with Morata. <laughs> yeah, man, he, he, him, Asensio, all of them, just fucking send them over. Maybe if Portugal get knocked out later, Joafilis can hurry up and get on his plane as well. <laughs> for that loan but um this is a big moment for morocco i think they have played fantastic football all tournament yeah, they've reality. been brilliant yeah i've loved watching them they're so good they, they're honestly amazing um you know morocco is actually um one of my sweepstake teams is it <laughs> nice <laughs> i don't know how it's actually crazy. Beers on you at the next arsenal game then i'm just having a look i Morocco haven't really conceded many goals, like any proper doing, real goals uh, this tournament, man. I'm doing well. Well, on that note, let's go bloody watch the end of that. But yeah, yeah I think, let's I think go, let's go see the celebration. But yeah, it's been good catching up and 
we'll um we'll see you when you're back from your trip to goa obviously and just to yep. let the listeners know that we're gonna do the preview episode for west ham in the lead uh, in the week just before christmas and then we'll go back to your usual kind of review and preview of each premier league game and uh, you'll be back in january onwards so we may have a couple guests um who come and support on the next preview and review but you'll be back soon enough and enjoy your break clayton yeah thanks man yeah catch you all soon Nice one. See everyone soon. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. And see you guys later. Take care.